New COVID modeling by the province unveiled earlier today. It's the big headline, so let's get right to Dr. Peter Uni, head of the Ontario Science Table. He joins us once again here on Global News Radio. Dr. Uni, always appreciate your time and good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, let's start with this new modeling. Uh, worst case, uh, we're hearing 3,000 cases per day. It's the worst case scenario by sometime in uh, January. Delta remains the dominant strain, but with Omicron here, is it safe to assume because that worst case scenario does not take into account the new variant, is it safe to assume that that might not be the worst case scenario? Well, the worst case scenario we're showing without Omicron is really just in a case where we're not doing what we're doing right now. No? So first of all, what goes really well is the vaccination with 5 to 11-year-olds, which is great. We're at 23% last time I checked, and we uh, basically vaccinate around 2% of kids 5 to 11 per day. So we could make it to roughly 45 or 50% even before Christmas, which would be excellent. We just need to keep going there and we need to keep going with third doses no and then the rest is about all of us um, we, we just need to, again, be a little bit more careful with our contacts. And obviously, this especially holds true in places that are struggling more. And this is not everywhere, you know. So um, uh, the GTA looks relatively okay, still holding steady. But uh, Algoma, Thunder Bay, Sudbury, etc. in the north and then the southwest is a challenge. Kingston is a challenge. There we need to do a little bit more. So I think it's still within range. But I agree with you. This is before Omicron. And so... So that's the other task at hand. Keep Omicron at bay as long as we can and push back the moment when it starts to be dominant here. Okay, so that 3,000 cases per day by January, worst case scenario, it could be a lot worse than that uh, because Omicron will continue to spread? Omicron will continue to spread. So the challenge now really is that we, first of all, don't, under the condition of Delta, make it uh, into this uh, trajectory of 3,000 cases by mid-January. We don't want to be there. Huh? So we just it's a spoiler. We just need to be a bit more moderate with our holiday plans, of course. And then in addition, of uh, it, it will really depend on how well we do just with the public health measures that we know. It's not about, you know, reinventing the wheel. If we mask well, if we ventilate well, ventilate well, sorry, um, if we just are a bit careful perhaps in the future again with capacity limits, I'm sorry to say, especially in places where we can't mask up, all of that will contribute. And then we will need to see how it goes. You know, uh, we need to brace a little bit for the impact of Omicron and then see how well we're doing. Right now, we do a lot of things still right. Only we need Need to get all those uh, situations in the province where it's a bit out of control again back into control. Okay, and I know it's just early days with this new variant. We're still trying to figure out a lot of things, but I'm just wondering how concerning first is Omicron to you? And what would you say to those who argue that the new variant is, yeah, maybe more transmissible, but also it appears anyways right now less severe when it comes to symptoms and that we shouldn't uh, overreact? I think there are two things which are really important. Um, one is in South Africa, you have a situation where roughly 90% of the population probably has experienced an infection during the pandemic already. So we have an unusual, unusually high amount of people who are partially immune. And then we have still 36% of people in Gauteng who actually have received a vaccine dose or two, most of them two doses. So this means what it shows preliminary, it's very preliminary, then it 
that if you're partially or fully immune, that your outcomes are actually relatively okay. But the challenge, of course, is we see numbers go up now in Gauteng, and this is followed by hospital admissions as well. So if you just have far too many um, uh, people just getting ill in a very short time, you struggle then also with your healthcare system. And that's not what we want. So you can't bet on A, that it's less virulent in people who are non-immune. So it will eventually reach, and this could be relatively swiftly, all the non-vaccinated who haven't experienced an infection in the past. And we don't know how it will play out there. But we see, even in Gauteng, that you know hospital admissions are going up and we need to be really careful with that part. As you well know, Dr. Ayuni, we have a very high vaccination rate here in the province of Ontario and releasing this modeling uh, today. And of course, we've seen uh, daily the numbers going up and, and spiking, going in the wrong uh, direction. What does this tell us about uh, the vaccine? Is the vaccine not working? Uh, do we just need to get boosters into people uh, uh, immediately as quickly as possible? Uh, why are we seeing these numbers spike and why are we seeing this concerning modeling? Oh, so first of all, the vaccines work tremendously well. Remember, we have Delta right now dominating. Delta is much more transmissible than what we had a year ago, and we're doing much better. If you want a proof of this concept, just go to our dashboard and look at the case numbers, the hospital beds occupied and the ICU beds occupied in the province by unvaccinated versus vaccinated people. So, you know, if you look at that, for example, if we had right now the same situation we're in right now, but everybody would be unvaccinated. And we had the same amount of cases now in everybody that we have right now in the uh, unvaccinated. This would mean that we would already struggle with about 1,200 ICU beds occupied with COVID-19 patients. The reason that our numbers are so low because the vaccines work tremendously well in the presence of a highly transmissible variant. We would all be really in trouble without the vaccines. So it works well, and we should Remember, we're still first in class in Ontario if it comes to how we deal with the Delta variant. It's just a new challenge ahead. So if we want to stay first in class and just make sure that we keep things under control, we need to do a little bit more now. All right. You mentioned that we need to increase vaccinations for those ages 5 to 11. And that was one of the big takeaways from the modeling uh, released earlier today. Uh, why are we uh, concerned about uh, that group in particular? And why are we, are we most concerned uh, when it comes to spread uh, those 5 to 11 that still are not vaccinated? Oh, so there are different aspects. One aspect is that, of course, they also contribute to transmission and they will also be able to uh, carry this home or to other places. So we will get this much better under control if this large group, it's roughly 1 million, uh, children uh, who can now get vaccinated, if we really get them partially and then hopefully uh, nearly fully immune, that will help. Um, but th there's then also the, uh, there's also the other aspect, which is just that it will help us also with keeping schools open. We don't want to move back to, you know, deviating from in-person learning. So we have various aspects that are really important. And again, we're on the right track. If we're already at 23% now, today, we will be able to make it to 50 or 60% before the end of the year. And that will be important. All the vaccine protection helps. Third doses in adults above the age of 50, plus first doses in those kids. All right. Would you consider, should we consider then, if this is an area of concern when it comes to a spread and transmission, should we uh, consider maybe shutting down in-class learning until vaccination rates amongst that age group are oh. where they need to be? 
No, I don't think so. You know, there might be situations, uh, you know, in, in areas such as Algoma where the art school needs to be uh, deviating again from, from in-person learning, which is unfortunate. But we also will have additional um, tools in our toolbox, such as rapid testing and Schools are really the absolutely last resort if everything else, you know, has been tried. And I don't think this will be necessary. And we need to keep schools open. The damage that was done in the past was already high enough. Mentioned a moment ago in our conversation about uh, capacity limits, uh, indoor uh, limits when it comes to gatherings are at uh, 25 uh, now for the uh, holidays, indoor personal uh, gatherings. Uh, do you expect, uh, we talked actually to the uh, Independent Federation of Business in our last hour. They are quite concerned about going into another lockdown situation. Can you tell us how close we are to that? Is it on the table? Uh, what sort of metric would you look at to go back to a, a lockdown? Is it just simply caseload? Is it positivity rate? Is it hospitalizations? All of the above? It's a combination of, you know, continued strong exponential growth in the number of cases and, you know, that we start to see that our healthcare system is challenged. So, again, what we do right now, going into the right direction, keeping things under control or getting things back under control, you know, in places like Algoma, is basically an investment for the future so that we're in a better situation to prevent a lockdown from happening again. I really honestly and genuinely believe that we can pull this off without, you know, really dramatic restrictions again. This is about fine-tuning capacity limits, getting better with masking, having really a lot of people undergo third dose vaccination, you know, in 50 plus and then probably 40 plus, 30 plus as well, and have our kids fully vaccinated as well, you know, by January. That's the idea here. And then I would believe, you know, with the high vaccine coverage that we have and reasonable restrictions that don't, you know, impede our societal liberties, our sense of freedom, that we're able to deal with it without, again, starting to close businesses. We don't want to go back there and fingers crossed that we don't have to, even though we have a lot of unknowns with Omicron. All right. When you mentioned uh, not limiting our freedoms and uh, capacity uh, limits, uh, I wanted to ask you as well, uh, Dr. Uni, about uh, we are getting a reports, uh, particularly out of Ottawa, that some restaurant owners are saying that uh, they've received advance notice that the province could uh, will announce, sorry, 50 percent reduced capacity for bars and restaurants as of this uh, Friday. Now, there's been no official comment uh, from the province, but uh, can you shed any light on that for us at all? Is that something that uh, would be under uh, consideration? Is that something that makes sense uh, medically as we uh, try to keep these numbers uh, down and the spread down? So for, to make that very clear, you know, from my perspective, to have a, a, a capacity limit to 50% does not, uh, you know, prevent us from experiencing our indoor dining uh, or something else. It is a nuisance for business owners. I can understand that. But from the perspective, especially of, of Omicron, it makes a lot of sense, you know, to have the vaccine certificates in place so that we only have people who um, who are uh, as well protected as possible in risky places such as restaurants or bars, but in addition, decrowd so that the ventilation relative to the crowd in the restaurant plays in favor of decreasing the risk. So it would be the right thing to do. And from my perspective, life then continues. We just have slightly lower capacity limits. That should not be dramatic, but it's the right thing. If this would happen, you know, I wouldn't be surprised then 
then perhaps also at the, you know at local levels in various and public health units, or perhaps longer term, but I haven't discussed that with anybody. Um, we might need to do that then also, you know, on a provincial level with Omicron lurking. All right. Dr. Uni, appreciate the time with us as always. Thanks so much for this. Thanks a lot. Dr. Peter Uni is head of the Ontario Science Table, and we're back after this on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.